Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast, and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated. Come to where I'm from podcast, episode 93. Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Lovely, lovely. Thank you for coming, Jimmy. Yeah, Thanks no for problem. coming. In the middle of a cyclone. It's weird. What's going on? Tropical storm. I'll take, I'll take it. We, no water, no life. <laughs> That's true. It makes the weed grow. That's right. Do you smoke weed? I smoke weed. I do blow. I drink. I play Murphy's Law. Of course I do. Really? You do blow? I do everything. That's do. controversial to admit. Yeah, whatever. So is, so is coronavirus. <laughs> There's no controversy in a pandemic. I guess uh, the rules are changing. Yeah, the rules are changing in all different ways. Do you think, no, I don't think there is any more rules right now. It doesn't do seem. Do you think it's the end times? Um, no. No? No, nah, shit's happened before, dude. Yeah. This, hap- this has happened before in worse times than we got now, you know? Yeah. And we survived it. You know, we're humans. We, you know. Where'd you grow up? Astoria, Queens. I still live there. Wow. Why would I want to move? It's hard to uh, grow up in a place like as awesome as this and then never leave, I guess. Well, I've been. You get trapped. I went on tour and I thought I'd find better places, but, you know. You never did. Yeah, I know why, you know, everybody left Europe and came here, and that's why I didn't go back to Europe. Everybody in Europe thinks it's so great, but yeah. <laughs> if, if Europe was so great, all our ancestors would have went back. <laughs> Maybe. I, I like France. I, I a, like France. I, I went romantic... there with the ignorant mind of an American thinking that I, they would hate me, and, and, and I hate France, but I, I loved it. It was great. And they loved you? Yeah. I, not fond of Germany, though. Hmm. Too many Germans there. I feel you. <laughs> they, see, they seem to be anti-fascist, but act very fascist all at the same time. I don't know, though. I've had some sweet... I've met, met a lot of sweet Germans. De- depends where you are. Cause what, you, you know, they have along, a hard language with a Swiss, sweet soul. If you buy Switzerland and, and Freiburg, buy Basel, mm-hmm. you know, then you get a little bit of the mix. It depends what you're bordering on. That's yeah. why Belgium's so cool. Belgium has a little bit of everybody. Let me ask you this. What was your first European tour? How? What year? Ninety four. The uh-huh. Berlin Wall was still up. Okay, ninety four. We were one of the first bands to go into Eastern Europe when the wall was still up. Mm. So it was pretty, pretty crazy. Besides and, the Rolling Stones. <laughs> and that was before the internet took over the world. It was, it was just, just it was fact, it was just starting. Machines, really. It was AOL. Yeah. And Persian <laughs> and Persian <laughs> Kitty. Persian Kitty. Remember That's, Persian yes, Kitty? I do remember. It was, Persian Kitty. What is that? What is it that? was the first like porno like. Persian it was, Kitty? It was called Persian Kitty. It was just naked photos. It'd take you about a half that hour was, to jerk off to one picture. It'd take that long to for yeah, download. Yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah. For, for, bing, a, bing. for a JPEG, or if it was even called. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. But when you toured then, like you actually went to a foreign country because you couldn't just like have all your like. Now you tour, you have your same TV shows and your phone yeah. and everything. It's you're not really in this foreign environment so yeah. much. On then tour, on tour, we don't get really much time to watch TV anyway. You're the, the sleeping or driving or playing or right. drinking, and then you know you just yeah. You don't yeah. watch TV when you're on a tour. Did you do a lot of touring there? Yeah, yeah. What fifteen times I've been there or something like that. Wow. And then Japan too. I've never been to Japan. It's great. Game changer. Really? Yep. Why? Because everything is magic where you go. You uh, think, oh, New York. Well, you know, the big, New York, big balls. We got the biggest city. Now you go to Japan, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Why? Because there's more lights. Oh, it's no, it's more Japan. It's packed. It's gigantic. Wow. And it never closes. You could go into like a little, you have music play. You go down in there's like four stools at a bar. Uh-huh. And you can wind up there until six in the morning. They don't, they don't close places. It's a different, different world. 
That's funny. How did you get into making music to begin with? My grandfather was a musician, um, and he uh, he had passed away before I was born, mm-hmm. uh, like 25 years before I was born, uh, James Fidovante. And he... Uh, James what? James Fidovante. James Fidovante. A.K.A. Uh, Jimmy Pops. And he, had a mu- <laughs> he had a music store in uh, Brooklyn, where my mother's from. Wow. And uh, my mom would always tell me about him. And my mom was in the rock and roll, and oh. saw Elvis and Buddy Holly. And all. She used to go to the Brooklyn Paramount to wow. see the Alan Freed shows. So she got me into rock and roll. And uh, from there, one of my neighbors was into punk rock, and the next was the, was the end of my life. <laughs> Wait, so the Brooklyn Paramount to see Alan Freed? Uh, Alan Freed did shows there. Alan Freed was uh, like the Dick Clark of the time, okay. but way cooler yeah. than Dick Clark. Dick Clark was a square. Right. Alan Freed did all these uh, really cool rock and roll shows at the Brooklyn Paramount Theater. Uh-huh. And, what, and your mom sang? Or? No, my mom just liked music. Just loved yeah, music. Loved music you know. And what about your dad? My dad was uh, a shady guy that worked in a bar in, in Queens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like a bar with slot machines and shit in it. Okay. Secret doors? Yeah, like, yeah. Say, <laughs> secret door with the slot machines in it, yeah. And I used to shine shoes there on, on Saturday and Sundays before I'd go play hockey for the church. Unbelievable. This is a Martin Scorsese movie. <laughs> no, it's not a movie. It's real. I know, but it's, uh, it's poetic. It's yeah. something about it. Playing, well, that's what movies are made of. Uh, yeah, playing hockey, but like living in that kind of environment. My and, my coach was a priest, Father Franzen, smoked cigars. And, uh-huh. <laughs> He's played by Carl uh, Mullen. Yeah. Remember? <laughs> On the Waterfront? Yeah, call, you know yeah. what I'm talking Carl about? Malden, yeah, Carl, Carl Malden, yeah. Carl Malden, sorry. Yeah. Or Ernest Borgnine, even <laughs> <Yeah>. better. <laughs> Carl Malden's my favorite, yeah, even Carl. though I got his name wrong. I like Ernest Borgnine. Ernest Fuck. Borgnine's Yeah, good. he's cool, And the Poseidon too. Adventure, he's great. Uh-huh. Poseidon Adventure. And then uh, Escape from New York, he plays the cab driver. That's funny. Where was the Paramount? The Is Paramount? It still there? Um, no, I, I don't know if the, it's probably it's gone. I'm, I'm what sure. neighborhood in Brooklyn? I'm not sure. Sheep, I'm probably near Sheepshead Bay because it's where uh, his music studio was. Wait, so you played hockey? Yeah, I played roller hockey. Oh, roller hockey. Ice hockey was for rich kids. That's a Long Island thing. That's interesting. <laughs> and would there be like fights breaking oh, all out? All the time. All the time. Yeah, all the time. It sounds violent. Well, because it's church against church, and we're. Of course, we're fighting. Right. God's children. Holy wars. Yeah. Most, so, most wars were fought back in the day over God, and still to this day, I guess. You were raised religious? No, no. But I, I went to Catholic school till I got uh, kicked out and went to uh, public school, but I still went to religious instruction and still played for, for the church. So. Mm. But I, I've been uh, baptized and christened. And, Do you pray? Uh, only when I'm in trouble. Really? <laughs> Which is like every other day, right? <laughs> yeah, there's no more trouble now. I can't go out. Yeah. I'm Only when I need some help. I'm not, I'm not the guy to go to riots. I'm the guy that causes riots, so I kind of stay home now. Do you? Uh, are you a believer? No. No? I believe in me and you. I don't believe in anything else. Like John Lennon. You look like John Lennon. <laughs> Thanks, Like a dude. young, handsome John Lennon. Oh, my God. I love you. <laughs> Um, so then what, how did you get into music? You had a punk rock neighbor? Neighbor, this guy, my friend Doug, and uh, we used to talk on CB radios, all the kids in the neighborhood. We had like walkie talkies, this is before phones and shit. Right. (laughs) So we would all talk, you know, when you had to go home, we'd all get on the walkie talkies and there was one guy would blast punk rock on the walkie talkies. And you're like, what the fuck's that? And next thing you know, he's taking me to a show to see his band. Right. And, um. And next thing I'm at Max's Kansas City at, at 13, and then I'm, in, then I'm in trouble, and that was it. Spiked my hair and started w- dressing weird to get beat up for looking weird, and I knew my life was changed. Who were you seeing at Max's? Uh, the Stimulators, uh, the Fast, the Speedies. Uh, I don't know who else. I don't remember who else I saw. What was it about punk rock that 
drew you in and gave like you could form your identity within that How, what was it about? leather jacket skulls and girls yeah, and skulls girls, yeah, girls noise <laughs> and it was like motorcycles. blowing up at that time too. it was it was, it was already it had its wave of the junkie punk rock stuff with mm -hmm. johnny thunders and all that shit and those right. guys were already pretty strung out and washed up so this new wave no pun intended of uh of music came through, and that's when I met Harley Flanagan, in the, uh, the drummer of the Stimulators. Okay. So he was all of, what, 12 at the time playing, and he already uh -huh. just came back from Belfast, Ireland. So he was also very influential with me with, with the music, and he's very talented. So the Stimulators was one of my favorite bands when I was a kid. So. Right. And so you just knew that's what you wanted to that do. Was, it was just fun. It was, it was better than doing what all the guys in my neighborhood were doing, was smoking weed on the corner with uh, the door. They were listening to all, all the bands. They were listening to musicians. They were listening to were dead already. Jim Morrison, he's mm. fucking dead. He's dead before you're fucking born. You're right. worshiping, they got him painted on the back of your jacket. That's what we did. We worshiped him and Led Zeppelin. <sighs> I, I, yeah, I was like, even then, even then they were washed up. Hendrix. It was like, these guys yeah. are all, all, all dead, dead junkies. I wanted to see music in front of my face with people my age. Yeah. Having fun with girls. Once again, girls. It's interesting. I, won I wonder, though, like, because you grew up in the city. I grew up in, like, suburbia more so yeah. it's like in a way we had to just keep it a dream whereas you could actually go oh it was going on in long island front it. yeah it was going I on saw in ohio it. And no, it was in ohio oh in ohio i played I dayton was... played dayton many times oh, okay akron that's where i Ak grew up. played akron yeah. Yeah, played cleveland cincinnati all, all over there cleveland's awesome yeah uh, cleveland rocks cleveland, it does rock so they what say what neighborhood in queens oh, did you, uh, you were in a story from day one and you're still in a story born and raised yeah and still live still live i live above a hot rod shop in astoria Pretty cool. Have you ever lived anywhere else? I lived in Douglaston, Long Island, the Douglaston, Queens, the borderline Long Island. It looks 516, but it's still 718. Huh. <laughs> I lived there for about two years at my manager's old house, you know, because I had a whole house. He was on tour. Mm. So I get to build a studio in the basement and a bar, and we just raged there for a while. Have you spent, like, extensive time in California or anything like that? Did you have a relationship with any other place? Fortunately, no. <laughs> I spent the I month. Love I spent the month though. stuck in California. We were on tour yeah. with the Ramones, and Joey got uh, gangrene on his foot. Right. So we got stuck there to, to, before the, we could either went home or stayed and waited for the, him to get better. Yeah. And continue the tour. So we stayed. We stayed, half the guys stayed at Flea's house. That's fun as and hell. And I stayed though. in a hotel. Oh, it was being great. in a rock and roll band yeah. like sequestered in California yeah. for a, for a month. You could give it to him. It's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you could hand that to me right away, pal. Hey, everybody. Hey, that's yeah. Nobby Bones. And Nobby Bones. Introduce yourself. That's Nobby my, Bones. That's my best friend, Nobby. Nobby <laughs> played, and see, before I was in Murphy's Law. Cheers. cheers, brother. Yeah. It's tequila? Yeah. Cheers. cheers. Cheers, guys. Like I am. So, um, Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov cocktail. Cheers. Um, <laughs> that's my new Jewish rock band, Mazel Tov cocktail. There you go. We're explosive. Um, Get Ehud in it. So he played. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he played in Broken Bones, a very famous punk band. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh my God, it's good to drink liquor in a different place in my bed. Nice. <laughs> Broken Bones. What era? What year? 1980s, early 80s. But he was already all around the world. I, there's a picture of me at at Rock Hotel, which was the Jane Street Hotel. And oh, had a theater in it. Wow. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a picture of me looking at him all wasted, and he's fully on full, you know, tour mode. He's so full like tour mode. An yeah. idol of yours at the so time. So a mentor. He was. He was. Now he's much. just a fucking pain in the ass that lives in the room next door to mine. That's amazing. Wait, what was the Jane Hotel? <laughs> the Jane Jane West Hotel was uh, the Rock Hotel. Wait, what? Uh, now that's we... where they did the a lot of punk shows. 
Oh, yeah. They had rock shows? It's a nice hotel. Did you know they had rock shows there? Joe? There was a no. there was a full on venue with a balcony and everything inside there. Yeah. Mm, that's cool. It's it's awesome. Have you yeah, have you been I've in been, there? Yeah, right yeah. across the street from, from Shout Out yeah. Julie Penny Bianca. <laughs> so you were on tour with the Ramones. Is it true that they were like when I always think of them on tour in a van and Joey in the back? This is just my imagination, not talking to Johnny <laughs> for the entire yeah, tour. Yeah, Johnny was a dick. I had problems with Johnny on tour. Not to disrespect the dead, but he was definitely deserved to get, he was an asshole. Mm-hmm. Everyone else was great. We had the best time. Marky would uh you know, before sound check, Mar- the drums would be set up, and Marky would uh, jam out with our drummer, right. and Johnny would get pissed, or our, our our merch guy would take a grape and he would freak out, mm. and it was just like con- con- consistently a fucking asshole. Right. He he definitely was far from a, a behavior have the behavior of a punk rocker. Controlling. More he was like. a fucking conservative uh, douche. Yeah. Were you guys friends from with the Ramones from? Yeah, from I was always home? friends with Joe. Used to come to my house for barbecues and you know, uh, you know, hang out with my dad. Really? Yeah. Would would they not talk at all on tour? Or is I that don't, bullshit? Or I, did you we not never really, really got to pal around. That right. We never saw because they they had their manager Monty. Uh huh. You know the guy who wrote all the books and stuff. Once they all kicked off. Right. And uh, you know Joey would always come and say hello. He'd wear a Murphy's Law shirt on stage to represent. What you know, a cool dude! Stuff. I've I've really Such heard a, he's a sweetheart. Oh, sweetest guy. And and Dee Dee too. Yeah. And Marky, Marky's great too. And then once Joey passed, I got the opportunity to play with uh, with Tommy Ramone, the original drummer. Oh, okay. Which was great, and I played play with Tommy, CJ, and Daniel Ray, who wrote Pet Cemetery for them. And it's so important to keep the original drummer in a musical band like that. Like yeah, drummers always explode, bro. They're too crazy. Man, <laughs> people think singers got. It's ego. like the Clash when they lost their drummer. Topper, it, well, it, Topper was a it fucking all fell junkie. Apart. He did heroin. Don't do heroin. Right. Stay in the band. Do blow. Or it's like Guns <laughs> N' Roses. Oh. That's a shit show, though, dude. Okay, but like the f- appetite Steven. for destruction is way up there, and yeah, then everything uh, else is good. Yeah, I mean, I listen. Matt, I mean, I'm, I'm a big Keith Moon fan. I'm, I'm yeah. like, I like, I love drum. I wanted to be a drummer. That was my grandfather was a drummer. He made drums. He handmade drums. So, right. I have like two pictures of him, and he's one to him in front of the music studio, and there's a drum kit in the window he made, mm. and another one of him is actually playing drums. And did you always want to sing, or did you start with drums, or start with something else? Destined to be a blabbermouth asshole, because I've Mm -hmm. always been one, even as a kid, so. And drums, I'm glad I never got, because there's too much shit, a little lot of shit. Carry Mm. that around everywhere. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Pain in the fucking ass. I woke up, there's a microphone, and I'm boom, I'm in. No, it's perfect. That's it. (laughs) But most people don't, like, just arrive there. They have to, like, go there through the back door. Like, I started out at bass, and then all this other stuff. I play, I like like bass, but then I blew my fingertip off from uh, Mm. work. And we do, I mean, and Abby do construction. We build bars and shit. Well, uh, when they were opening bars, not closing them. Right. <laughs> yeah. What do you think is going to happen with all the little live music venues? Uh, it's, it's scary. I don't, it's I don't think, scary. I think a lot of people are uh, beyond their means right now with their own venues. As you know, Jesse. Of course. And, you know, and Jesse and I have been friends our whole lives. Love Shout Jesse. Out Jesse Mallon. One of my best friends. Yeah, he's and, a sweetheart. And uh, you just played your first show last week. Yeah, kind of. That- Electric. Yeah. He's kind, he's got a lot on his plate because he's got four places he's got to take care of, and and yeah. he's got a heart where he feels he's got a big heart. Yeah, so he's he feels responsible for all his all the people that work with him. Yeah. He doesn't think you know they, people don't work for Jesse. People work with Jesse. Even his friends, man. He's like call me up, say hey, are you all right? Yeah. You know, he would do like anything that. for his friends. He's a yeah. great guy. Very very cool dude. So I don't I don't know, yeah. man. This is fucking scary. I'm we're actually booking shows for a month long tour in Europe now. We haven't toured in Europe for a while. 
but they're booking the shows just to hold the dates one. just in case they open up again because then people just jump on everything. For this for year? 2021? Yeah, 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 no, yeah, for 2002. Yeah, for, yeah, this, uh, this November, November into oh. December. So Europe is planning on I don't know. I might have to take a rowboat to get there because they're not right, American not sailors. No flights. Yeah, they're not letting us go out. Interesting. Can we go well, to Mexico or no? I we could definitely go there. Yeah. I don't think the Mexicans are letting us in either. The How wall, ironic! The wall's being built the other way around now. <laughs> They'll build their own wall to keep us out. Now. So what was the first band? How'd you like? What was the first band? Was it the first band I played in was Kraut. Kraut. Uh, it was when they when they first started, and I was trying to be the drummer. <laughs> Which that didn't work at all. I was not a drummer. See, I, I had a drummer vibe. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I thought just couldn't get, couldn't do it. it so was there just is like, something there. I, I, I'm ADD, so it's I, like to focus on stuff. It's like forget. It. I'd rather focus on making fun of everybody at once. And right, you know, when you're a singer, you could be scatterbrained. You could be you and this and that, and you know, mm. your mind could wander. But drums, you got to be focused and rhythm and. You're the foundation of what's going on on stage. Yeah. Well, but did you sure. take lessons or you just was like, oh, I'll be the drummer. Lessons. Fucking. I don't know. So what? So take lessons. Lessons. This is going to be a well, drummer. Now, okay. now, this guy. Got, now you get all these fucking, now you get all these pussy <laughs> kids that take lessons. Uh, to no, I'm thinking maybe like at home you had a kid and you had a no, few. I, lived in a, I shared a room with my brother in an apartment on 33rd Street. No room for a drum kit. Nah. <laughs> Look, you can find a parking space. That's funny. <laughs> I got a little drum kit in my studio apartment, but it's a Nord drum pad and like yeah, an electronic kit. Literally, thing. now you so could like, unfold a little yeah, fucking electronic a kit. A little and, portable thing. <laughs> kind of fun. And have amazing drum drum sounds, it's too. true. You could literally get other drummers' sounds. And, yeah. yeah. The future, bro. The future. We're in it. Beep, beep, beep. And then you were Murphy's Law to the end, pretty much. Well, it's not the end yet, bro. Well, Don't write yeah, me off on, yet. Man. He's still I'm a still going. chicken, still, bro. <laughs> I'll be 55 in August. Oh, and that's yeah, my birthday's booked. We play on a boat for my birthday, so that's still booked. They didn't cancel that yet either. Where? In uh -oh, Long don't, Island don't Sound? Don't get on a cruise No, in, uh, in the East River. <laughs> East River. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, the, you can rocks, jump rocks, off of it if we're No, somebody tried to already. That's a great... I did that with Willie Nile. It's a great fucking like little... I've been doing it for years. My friend Jake puts him on, so it's great. Mm. But you know, I will see. So, did you concentrate on lyrics, or how did you come I'm up with terrible a, lyrics? So, you, what's your lyric? I'm an entertainer more than I'm a songwriter. Okay, I'm, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, as a group of people, sometimes those are the best songwriters. Well, we though. wrote the dumbest songs. That was just it. We wrote songs. Everyone was so uptight and and political during the time when I was I was getting into into punk. Right. That me and my friend, me and Harley, Harley started the band with me, Harley from the Chromags and uh, and Stimulators. Mm. We. Uh, we made a joke band. It was like a joke. Oh, okay. And the joke's on me, funny enough, but 38 years later, um, we, we just made Joke's up. on you, why? Because I'm still doing it. It was only supposed to be one show. I feel you on that. <laughs> I feel like the joke's on me. Well, it was only supposed to be one we show. We played in Giorgio Gomalski's uh, loft. Giorgio had a place called um, was the, plug, the Plug Club. And uh, it, Giorgio was the, the producer of uh, the Yardbirds. He, he managed the Stones. And he had this loft. And he would do parties there and, and put up musicians and stuff. And that was at 30, 30. It was down the block from Billy's Topless. Oh, I remember Billy's Topless. Yeah, yeah. So it was down the block from there. <laughs> and, Billy's uh, Topless was cool. We played there New Year's Eve. And uh, we played with MDC, Reagan Youth, and, and Jesse's band Heart Attack. Right. Nice. And uh, we, did, we made up a song called Fun. <laughs> 
and uh, and we played a cover of Stepping Stone, and people liked it, so we played it over and over again, and then we just started making up songs. <laughs> and that's kind of how it just built. We just would make up songs, and people kept asking us to come play again. How cool is it that the first song you wrote was called Fun? And I got that idea from Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd used to do, I read in a book about Pink Floyd, they used to do a song called Fun, and they would just make up stuff about fun stuff. <laughs> so that's what we did. That's what we did. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And what's the, how's that song go? Fun, 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 and the sound fun, fun, I'm have fun. I don't care what you say. I'm going to have fun today. It's like, I got to have fun in the sun. Christ, I got to have fun. Yeah, it's just Yeah, that song could save lives, though. Because people, especially fun saves lives. Fun. especially now. Needs fun hurts, though, dude. If we have too, too much fun, you Depends wake up the next on what day. kind of fun. Well, the kind of fun I have hurts. Right. Fun hurts, bro. That's a pretty good line. Fun hurts. <laughs> it truly does. That's the greatest hits. Fun hurts. That's going to be on my tombstone. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, it's it. Fun hurts. James Drescher, fun hurts. That's pretty or, good. Or by, by then, it should be fun kills. The best one I've ever heard of is Charles Bukowski. He just has don't try. Don't try. Don't try too hard. That's what it should be. Yeah. Is that what it says on it? It says don't try. Don't try. Yeah. What was that? Uh, me and Jesse did uh, what Was that uh, the song, Don't Try. What is that song? I'm trying to remember the song. Johnny Thunder's song. Don't try. Don't try. Oh, to put your arms around yeah, the memory. Yeah, me and Jesse recorded that. Don't and try. And somehow, somehow I kicked out the don't try. Huh? Oh, yeah, you can't put your arms around the memory. But you can put your arms around a memory. <laughs> wow. Uh, remember memories? Remember tits? God, Jesus Christ. I can't wait till the titty bar opens again. Well, so no, no lady in your life no, then? No, not right now. No. No. Yeah, it's hard to balance Thank the rock God. and roll lifestyle and the relationship. Is well, why have a relationship when you're in on tour and there's people around you every day? You know? Right. You know, because life gets lonely. The road gets the road is far from a lonely place. Being locked in a van with some farting, know. burping, sneezing guys. You know, you're never alone on tour. Right. There's another one. You're never alone on tour. Is that a song? No, that's a fact. <laughs> you're never alone on tour. Twenty four hours a day. You know, people talk shit about their jobs. It's like, eh, my fucking job, I'm commuting. You commute, what? You go, what? You drive for an hour to work? Shut the fuck up. You got a retirement plan. You got all, you, medical coverage. You got all these fucking people complaining now. I got to work from home. Shut the fuck up. You got a job. Try going on tour where you with maybe one of the guys you don't really. You get along with these people 24 hours a day. Mm. Yeah. Very hard to get along with people 24 hours a day. And then, like, you know, you get a lot of band members coming out of the band. I'm like... Well, who have you worked with for 38 years that you've been with 24 hours a day? People right. don't get the rock and roll life or, or musician's life. you got to fucking be with people that you really don't like sometimes, and you have to tolerate them every day. Mm. You know, so not always, it doesn't always work out. Yeah, it's, uh, it's rough to keep it all together. Nah. I don't think people romanticize our lifestyle that all oh, they that do. much people anymore. definitely do. Really? People, yeah, people I feel like do. maybe back in the day they did. Like when it's easier. It's even better now than it was. Back in the day, it was miserable. Now, you know, I'm fifty. I'm going to be fifty-five. I got credit cards now. I got a phone that they tell me everywhere to go. I right. never get lost anymore. Right. I can talk to anybody. I can borrow money on the goddamn phone if I need to. It's like right. It's easy. I could record a fucking record in the van with my fucking phone now. Yeah. Back in the day, you had to go to a studio, buy tape, and go into a studio where the guy had to wind the tape up and edit the tape. Now yeah. it's like, oh, I'm going to record the record on my phone with this fancy microphone. 
You yeah, know? but there was this whole like uh, I don't know. There's something about that that I liked uh, the mo- momentous occasion of buying tape and going. Into oh, the I still studio believe me. And... If I could afford recording digital uh, analog, still, yeah. I would. I would definitely. I most of all of our records were done analog. Right. Been lucky to have great people that I and studios that I've been in to record the records. Right. So how did when you first started? You just started singing in Kraut. That was I started. I went from drums to the vocals, and then I that was my first nightmare with the band because uh, my friend Johnny Feedback, uh, who who was the drummer at Kraut, dissed me, and he got his boy Davey Gunner in the band, and they kicked me out of the band. Oh. And so to, for for my bitterness, that's when I started the joke band to get back at everybody and. Yeah, I guess I got the last laugh. They did you a favor I'm kicking still, you out. Yeah, I guess they did. And was that joke band Murphy's Law? That was Murphy's Law, yeah. Right. Yeah. Why Murphy's Law? Because it's, it's perfect for a band. Anything yeah. that can go wrong will, will. go wrong. Yeah. Just like, oh, everything's going great. Bap, the band breaks down. Right. You know, oh, the band's doing great. We just got signed. Drummer gets married and leaves the band, you know. So how old were you when Murphy's Law came together? 16. And you started playing clubs right away or what? Right away, clubs, yeah. Right in it. Right in it. Right in it. Like which ones? Danceteria. Uh-huh. Uh, C- well, CBGB's later on. We played A7. A7 was, Je- well, Niagara. Right. Yeah, you got to talk about A7. Now. Well, I, I used to be the doorman and the DJ there at, right. at 15. Yeah. At A7. At A7. Were you that big? Well, big enough to beat the shit out of people, yeah. Really? <laughs> 15. Man. Yeah, fifteen. The yeah, there's pictures. There's fifteen. Pic- there's pictures. Of- I've seen the you were tall, skinny dude. There was. Uh, I was also the bouncer at the Rock Hotel too. I ran the security team there. Really? Even at later on, what was it 18, 18, 19, I wound up working for Steve Rebell and Ian Schrager, who owned uh, Studio Fifty Four. When they started doing hotels, we, myself, my friend Ray Bees, a lot of guys from the bands, we put suits on and we started working at these fancy hotels, the boot- first boutique hotels. So Ian Schrager, you know, now owns a lot of hotels in, in Miami and shit, but I used to drive him in his Jaguar in my, my fucking suit. And funny enough, we, the cops used to chase us in the Lower East Side, we wound up working next to because hmm. a lot of cops were working with us too. So, so even though you were like 16? Yeah, seven, that, then I was more like 17, 17 18. 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then... That's how you carry yourself, man, you know? That's true. How'd you learn how to carry yourself that way? Just, well, if I didn't carry myself, my father beat the shit out of me. I, I had to grow up uh, at early on. Usually that stuff, though, breaks somebody's sort of self-confidence. Well, and it, well it, when people abuse you, it yeah. either makes you or breaks you. And if it breaks you, then, you know, you need to, you, you need to man up or woman up mm-hmm. or human up and, uh, like and, human and, not, up. and not let it put you down. You can't let, right. you know, be it your father. God bless you. God bless. Either, either to, you know, your mother, your father, your, your, your girlfriend, mm. your boyfriend, somebody's abusing you. Yeah. You can't let that dehumanize you. You need to make it, you, meet, you need to get Set it, you boundaries. make yourself a bigger person. Yeah. How'd and you go about doing that? Got into punk rock and punk yeah. rock was, punk rock was my, my savior because I, I was with other kids. We all met on the street corner. All kids with problems from all over the place. That mm. was at St. Mark's place. Right. So it gave you kind of like this confidence. Well, I had a support and, team, you know. Yeah. I wasn't. I was going. I wasn't going to some fucking high school, where everybody was like, you know, full of shit. Mm. I dropped out of high school. I was. I, I dropped out of high school and became an. Ele- I was going to be an elevator mechanic. Mm. My mother signed me out, and because that's a good job with benefits and all that kind I'd of. I'd have been retired if I stayed with it. Right. But, but it was at that time. That's when, it was like my mafioso uncle ran the company. Okay. So it was like Jamesy. He was like, you can eat this band thing. I was always late for work and everything. He was right. like, you can either do this. And I'd show up in like this fucking uh, jumpsuit. Uh-huh. 
with spiked hair and it's, you know these he's blue collar guys like what the fuck and elevator mechanics <laughs> you know they're not schmucks it's like you got it's a very special job they're electrical oh, yeah. engineering no it's a good job oh, it's, crazy it's a, i was making a, crazy money as an apprentice right yeah yeah in a so, city with a million elevators and you get oh, benefits so. yeah and and i learned I, you know i learned and a lot then about mechanical stuff from the stuff that we do with jobs so but it was just like like he said and he was, i'll never forget he was like you can either do the band, which I think is going good for you, it seems that, because yeah, he knew it was up with me. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you could get a job like this. You can always get a job like this. Mm. But this band thing, it's, that's like, it seems like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Okay. And this is like a mafiosa crazy dude. I that, love this guy. Yeah. This is a, interesting. I didn't think it was going to go that way, that conversation. No, that's the way it went. And I was like, okay, boom, see ya. <laughs> so who is that guy? That's your uncle? A, a, a family guy, yeah. Family My guy. dad was like a connected dude, too. I see. Shylock dude, so... Oh, but not my Shylock? dad wasn't as nice nice as that guy. What's a Shylock? Lend you money and break your legs if you don't I've, pay it back. Okay. Oh, okay. I feel you. Yeah. So that guy was a, kind of a father figure. He was. Yeah. He was an upper figure. No, he was a, like an uncle. Okay. So. And then so there's still a whole crew of those guys in my neighborhood. That's the my dad used to work in this, and, and then after after the bar that they all hung out with Coretta's Bar, mm-hmm. that was the bar I used to try and choose in. They they went to this. They had their own club. You know, there was these guys that had their, you know, so they, and their club moved to this old Italian restaurant, the Penna, and my dad was the bartender there. It was like, you know, the little door thing and the whole, the whole bit, like right out of a movie. That's interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. And those dudes still, still hang out downtown. What about your dad? My dad's gone. He passed away. I'm sorry. That's all right. I'm good with it. <laughs> yeah. One of the best days of my life. What happened? He got, he had leukemia and mm. uh, congenital heart uh, failure. So they couldn't they couldn't treat the leukemia because of his heart and vice versa. So you know, take care of yourself. Mm. Do more blow. I don't know about that <laughs> advice, but <laughs> uh, but like, so do you talk to your dad in the spirit realm at all, or no, not at I all? Have, None no, of that. He's gone, dude. Okay. I don't have any. But even in that way, like fuck you or any of nah, that kind of thing. I'm better than that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even visit his grave. It's kind of like my thing. See ya. Right. So you don't feel. Even not your dad, just like you don't. What about like spirits and stuff like that? I've seen crazy shit, dude. Right. Working, uh, we, my, we worked in some crazy old scary buildings, uh-huh. and I've seen some scary shit. And like I've had what? some weird vibe shit happen. In Mor- was it Morecambe, England? We were in Morecambe, Mindy. Morecambe, not Morecambe, Mindy. Nanu, nanu. This guy. This guy. Come on, it practically almost sounded exactly like Morgan Mindy. I heard it too. I couldn't. I had to hit that. Nano, nano. What was it? He had some weird thing. No, that's. It was like trying to fuck with no Spock. Like this, live long and prosper. I don't know. Nanu, nanu. Robin Williams, rest in peace. Another depressed fuck. Yeah, couldn't handle it. Apparently. But gotta handle it because the end is over. What you depressed? All right, now you have a better day. Right. It can't, you know, I can understand, you know, depression, everybody gets depressed. And depression is a sickness, of course, but mm-hmm. we're all sick. We're humans. Yeah. Things piss us off. Things make us sad. But, the, but the, when you take your life, life is a gift. I agree. Even if it's terrible. You know, you got kids with no, kids born with no arms and no legs. Yeah. You know, Russell. <laughs> In the leaves. <laughs> yeah. No, but you, got, you, know, you, got, you got little babies born with cancer. You got people with no uh, born, you, soldiers with their arms and legs blown off. That's still you still carry on. You have the, you, you need to take the, the the spark of your life. And no matter how sad you get and how low you get, yeah. you're still alive. And that that no matter if you're sleeping on vomit, getting shit on in a cage, I'm still alive. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm still alive. You motherfuckers. 
how do you get that optimism? Do you work for it? Do I've you been, I've been shit on in a cage before and wanted to die. <laughs> right. I've been in jail. You know, you go to... It's like, you know... Huh? You get, you know you jail want, is the game changer? Well, everything's a game changer. You went to jail. I went to jail for setting a riot on tour and I was facing a lot, a lot of time. And uh, a bunch of times. But, you know, it, 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 once, once you Did lose... You? Once you what? Did you incite? incite I didn't incite it. It kind of popped off. Of, <laughs> it was just there. All right. We'll 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 we'll, uh, we'll take a detour to the story. Yeah. <laughs> I, was that a Cheers handout? It, it looked like a Cheers. Was. You got a yeah, long yeah, arm yeah. too. So Marilyn Manson was opening for us. Uh huh. No way. At Summers on the Beach. Holy fuck. In, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. What year? 1964. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't remember what year. It was early, early, must have been late. Early, Before he was very, big, I guess. Of course. Very early 90s. Wow. Uh, and uh, we played Summers on the Beach in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And we had played this club before. It was like, a, you know, we, we were doing it. Like, then that was when colleges had bars in them still, and people were still fucking fun and not so uptight. But we were, we were playing Florida a lot because we were doing good. We went there with the Red Hot Chili Peppers and did a whole spring break tour, which is nuts. <laughs> so we're playing this show. We played the club before. The club had a pool. Everything was Florida. Hey, it's great. Come back, and now the bouncers are beating up kids. And what the bouncers don't know, there's like f 500 kids, and there's like six Marines that are friends of mine in the crowd, and they're on, they're on leave, they're hanging out, and the bouncers start fucking kids up. Mm. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck you doing? I get into this thing, and the bouncer takes the mic from me, goes, where I come from, I'll never forget his words, the dumbest words ever. Where I come from, I deal with combat, and I take no survivors. I would, literally, like, like right now, I was like, what? What the fuck are you talking? And it's before everyone had a phone, they could record. It was on a cassette that was recorded when it came to court, but I was like, "What the fuck?" Oh, are you somebody talking? recorded it. Somebody yeah, somebody. Well, while people were always, yeah, with a, they were, like, Joe Burns was there oh, with, with, a, with, a, with a cassette player, like yeah, <laughs> say anything yeah. <laughs> except recording the fucking. So it's thank John God Cusack. somebody did, but but it was like, and then he takes the mic, and he does that, and then comes at me, and and the fucking Marine guys come running up, and it just went. Boom! The whole place went crazy. Right. Kids were fucking throwing cash registers in the pool. They were beating shit out of the bouncers. They fucked the bouncers up. I got maced in the face by some fucking pussy bouncer, and then the riot cops came, and then the kids beat up the riot cops. Wow! And it was just like off off the chain. So we scoop up our shit, we get the fuck out, go back to the hotel, and I'm back at the hotel talking to a girl about the pool, and everybody's partying in the, in the in the room. And this was before, like, we were staying in Holiday Inn Express where you could go, hey, I need, <laughs> or you could go, hey, the cops are coming. Cops are going up to the room. I'm like, oh, everybody's fucked. Hey, and they leave the room. I'm like, oh, everybody's cool. Oh, good. The cops down. Two cops come to me. You James Drescher? I'm like, yes, sir. And he goes, bang, hits me in the face, bashes me in the face with the gun, and they beat nah, the uh, shit out of are me. Are you for real? Yeah, took me to Broward County Correctional why Facility. Why did he do that? Because I incited a riot. No, huh? but why did he hit you in the face with I, a gun? Because I, in their minds, was the one that started this whole thing where they were scared shitless and were getting the shit beat out of them by kids. Like a cop because would go to arrest a kid. Because you were the singer of the band. And like 20 kids would jump on the cop. It was like roaches. It was like, it was like a cookie on the floor and roaches were on the cop. They were all over the cop. Anytime a kid went to get arrested. And they pinned so, it on you? So they pinned, of course they pinned. I was the guy with the microphone. The microphone guy. So they take me to fucking, now they, they beat me up and they take me to jail and take me to Broward County Correctional Facility. And now there's a cage and then there's another cage. And there's the cage with all the kids that got arrested. Like, 30, 40 kids that they got or more, and they put me in a cell across from those kids and beat me, like out, out of body experience, beat me, beat me up in front of all these kids. Wow. Which they thought it was going to make 
uh, it's like, oh, 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 it's going to teach them. A you know what it did? It made me a hero and made them look like fucking scumbags. Mm. And then they put me into, I was just telling Nabi on the way here, we listen to, you know, Nirvana, come as you are. Love that, that dude. Song. So I'm in Broward County Correction Facility, which is federal and state prisoners. So, and I'm telling the whole story. I got, I got my own, we had individual showers. It wasn't any creepy. We had TV. I was like, I got food. I'm like, my hotel room, there's seven guys in the room. I'm like, I got my own bed. This is amazing. <laughs> and I knew my boy Jack was out trying to get me out. Oh my God. So I'm telling the story, telling the story. So I go to sleep. And I wake up to, dude, I wake up to that. I, I, I didn't know where I was. I'm like, here I am in Broward County Correctional Facility. So it was one night. Oh, it was just one night. I got, so out. I got a good lawyer. You, you gotta, you gotta, did, did you say stuff to the crowd, though? Like with the microphone, you said you're the guy with the microphone, or were you just doing a normal gig, or were you saying like, hey, everyone beat everybody up? No, I didn't say anything. Nothing. Huh. They tried to state on uh, this newspaper. It's on, it was on the cover of every paper. Right. And it was like, uh, I, I was like, I said, let's tear, tear this place apart, which, which first of all, is not conducive to getting paid after the gig. Mm. Even then, I, wasn't, I was never a stupid kid. To, to, why would I want to tear apart a club that's going to have me back? It's got a pool. And, and they're paying me. Why would I, why would I ever say that? Mm. The only place I want to tear a place apart is they don't have a bathroom. They don't pay me. And, and they're scumbags, you know? Right. I, I, AKA Europe. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But um, it was like, you know, I was like, and, and the manager was got along with us last time. So it was, it was, it was an, it, more of an insult than anything. But I, I would never incite, incite. Incite a riot. A riot. Were you friends with Marilyn Manson or did he just open up? Well, I forgot what his name was, Lawrence or whatever his name is. But uh, yeah. No, his I, real name, Brian. Brian, Brian that's it. Because one of my, one of my brothers, something. one of my brothers in my, I'm, I'm in a crew called DMS. One of my brothers is his bodyguard. Mm. Ex-Marine. Your brother? Yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Dirty, how how dirty many Mick. siblings do you have? Oh no, not not blood, but by by oh. by, by uh, my family, my crew. Your crew, your oh, crew. Okay. The crew's important to you. I get the sense like you have well, a very close close well, bunch of friends. Yeah, big, very big time. Yeah. So what did you guys get successful and make a record, or how did the rise of the band happen? Well, we the first record was uh, I played in a band Rick Rubin. You know who Rick Rubin is. Of right? course. So I played in a band with Rick Rubin called Hose. Mm. And I sang in the band for a hot minute, and Rick and Russell Ru Russell Simmons. Mm -hmm. You know, I was friends with those guys. You know, when I was a kid, and and Rick and I, when Rick was in college, I used to hang out with Rick all the time. And my my was it my bass player Chuck Valley. Chuck Valley uh, engineered L.O. Cool J and and, uh, and and Public Enemy. He he did all that stuff. But but back then I was hanging out with, with uh, Russell and and Rick, and and they were like, "Yo, we'll sign you on the label," and I'm like. I'm like, all right, let's uh, sign me on a label, put the record out. <laughs> we had about enough dumb songs to make a record. But then then Rick took too long. Rick wanted to produce the record and all, so mm -hmm. took too long. So Profile record showed up. A hip-hop, like, a, you know, uh, what was it? What was it? Uh, Rob Bass. Rob Bass was the number mm -hmm. one guy. On, I think it was it. it was, I think it was Rob Bass. But completely not a punk, punk rock label or a punk rock thing to do. But I was like, yo, they're... They're offering me a record deal. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. Sorry, Rick, I'm going to do it. So I did it. And then even still, we, did, we got signed to Profile. And then uh, Rick, Rick uh, Russell, and, and Leo Cohen wind up mad. I was managed by Rush Management. Hmm. <laughs> so That's wild. We got on, we got on the, the, and the BC Boys took us on the, on the License Ill Tour. Wow. Which started out just colleges. We were just playing colleges. I've been going down Beastie Boys rabbit holes lately, just uh, old I, interviews. And I grew stuff. up with those guys. I love know? them. But I used to hang out we, when they. There was also the Young and Useless, 
They had uh, uh, Adam was in the band Young as You. So I'd sing on the re- on the record. Oh, okay. We'd do Rise and Shine, give you Rise and Shine, and give God your glory, glory. Yeah. Rise, shine. <laughs> so they, you saw them become what I they was, became. Yeah, they they went from, from punk rock to then. They hip- never left being punk rock. They right. were always punk rock. I don't, yeah. I, whatever people say hip hop, but they were always punk rock. Mm. The, and and they've done so much for me, I can't even tell you. Oh yeah. So it was like, <laughs> so <laughs> we go on. The first tour we go on is 1985. We go on this U.S. tour. Mm. And we're on our way to go to fucking California. And a van with no air conditioning, no tinted windows. We're laying in bed like people flipping us off. And our drummer gets mono. And we have to take... We drive, normally, we just say, see ya, and keep mm. going and get another kid. We didn't know. And uh, we, our drummer left. We came back from, from that. And that's right when all this shit happened. And, and, uh, and we, the Beasties offered us the, this tour. So we were going on the tour, and the tour was just colleges, which was like still. That's when, like I said, what colleges colleges would have a bar, yeah. dude. I could tell you, swinging literally swinging on a chandelier with girls with their tits out and le- falling into them, mm. like Animal House looked like a fucking like a kitty movie. Wow. I swear to God, I'm not even exaggerating. And just pussy banging, pu- pu- ping bang, bang. You, you know, the greatest, the greatest shit, which makes most people sick. Most people that jerk off the porn at home. They, 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 can't, they can't deal with reality. Like, yeah, falling off a chandelier into real girls and getting fucked, you know? So we were doing that. We were doing all these college, and then like, License to Ill broke. Mm-hmm. So we were on this tour, and we, I remember us playing Long Island with, with Run DMC and the Beasties. Jam Master J dove off the stage. They took his sneakers. And then <laughs> after that, that was that one night. And then I remember they were like, all right, we're not doing these colleges anymore. Um, the record's doing good. We're gonna, with the tour's getting changed up. Stadiums and that oh, was arenas, that, uh, arenas ho- hockey arenas. So, wow. and we were like the schmucks on the bill. So, we had fifteen minutes, fifteen minute set, five hundred dollars a show, and we got to share the bus with the with the with the with the stage crew. The crew, right? So no, but <laughs> which means we were sniffing speed and fucking showing up early. And I was I, I would be all gacked out on speed and and ice skating before they put all the shit out on the on the on the <laughs> rink. I skated, dude. I skated with a, with with a Red Wings played. I skate. I, I skate. Ice skate. I could hardly ice skate, but I. We we we. That's first, a dream. Fifteen minutes set and you're done. I didn't even get through fifteen minutes, bro. That was before they had a pit, so I would run and dive off the fucking stage. Then you'd be gone. Uh, the are, arena stage is like higher than this. I'd run and dive off the stage into seats, and they would beat the shit out of me and throw me out. That's kids, funny. kids would rip my my t-shirt and i'd fucking pull their fucking gold chains off i'd have i'd like all right you ripped my fucking germ shirt i'd take your fucking gold chains and punch your face in so it was just like it was great wow <laughs> so it just got bigger and bigger we were playing arenas dude i played the hollywood i woke up with my only and my first cd which is the misfit cd i woke up in the tour bus and there was the hollywood sign and i put on hollywood babylon i woke up was, everybody wake up <laughs> there we go that's wild yeah how long did that last that tour was three months. Did it do anything that's for the wild. band? Oh, it did everything for the band, but yeah. the label did nothing for the band. Mm. And that's the thing. It was like, you know, back, I'm, I'm coming from a time where it was like, you know, you put a, a hardcore band, like Minor Threat, that's where these records are worth so much money. Oh, they sold 507 inches. Mm. They sold, you sold 507 inches, which was like, that was the cap for me. It was like, I guess that's when you could make seven inches. You know, and Ian, those guys would hand fold them and all. I'm, I'm not too late. I'm too lazy for that. I, I wanted to do. I wanted a record label. I wanted to do. You know, and that's what I did. Mm. But it was like it was like wow. So we sold thirty thousand records. Wow. 
And on tour with, so, but I'm on the number one tour in the United States, the number one tour in the United States. And everywhere we went, there was no posters. There was nothing. Because mm. cause the scumbags at Profile knew, well, here's these fucking kids. We, 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 we signed them. They're going to sell 30,000 records. We're going to make our nut. And that's it. Yeah. They didn't want to. They didn't want to go the next the next level with us. Did you go on MTV? Did you have any music video? Oh, yeah, we we had one. I did, I never wanted to do video. I never wanted. I always found like we're talking about digital uh, analog recording. Mm. I a video was it's, and it's still to this day to me is pretentious. Mm. I'd rather you know what we did that the other day was live and but we, we did one video, and to me a video is a pretentious thing. You're faking it. You're you're full of shit. And the money that's spent on a video. Back then, yeah. Back then, now, anytime. A video yeah. is bullshit. I you, think labels, though, the, like, still are bullshit sometimes. Uh, like, well, labels you know, are not necessary now. What do you need a label you know, for, dude? I sound like an old Jewish lady. What do you need a label it's for? It's not now? even personal. None of them put posters up. Like, well, it's like that's. Well, if they do, they charge it four times or what it sometimes, costs. Sometimes. You know. what, what I learned as a kid was everything is recoupable. Yeah. Any, if somebody says, yeah, to you, all right, that's 100 bucks. Yeah. Somebody gives you pencil, oh, is it 50 bucks. Everything, they, they build the band for everything, and it comes yeah. out. Like lawyers. I think. Well, then the lawyers, to, to, to find out what they charge you or cost you more money. So the band makes no money. And I had that situation with a lawyer named George Stein. Mm. I'll drop the names, George Stein, and, an, uh, and another two lawyers that the band had. And I had lawyers, good lawyers, but... Why would you be a kid and sign with a label and the label's friends with the lawyer? So it was just like, learned a lot of lessons. All that stuff happens all the time. But I'm still doing it. I'm still getting paid, though. Yeah. So. I think that working with a label is good if you know that they're not going to do much. Well, I've worked that it. You still well, we, have to do a lot, and then they'll do some stuff. Well, but once, they just once, don't. Once I learned to scumbag it, like me and Todd Youth, my rest of soul, my old guitar yeah, player, yeah. me and Todd Youth learned to scumbag it. So we. We, Todd and my bass player, Chuck, today's his birthday, rest his soul. He got murdered in Los Angeles. Um, he, he was the engineer at, at Chunking House of Metal. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, Chuck, Chuck was amazing. So he, anyway. Um, Wait, uh, what happened to him? He got, he, he got stabbed in the heart. He, was, he was on tour with a band called Sugartooth. Mm -hmm. And he was their, their engineer. And, and they stopped at a place we always go to, uh, a Pink's. You know Pink's in L.A.? Yeah. He was at Pink's, and some guy was like, what are you looking at? Like, one of those things. Chuck, Chuck was the nicest guy. And the guy just stu stuck a knife in his heart and killed him. Fuck. And today's his birthday. Oh, man. Rest in peace. But, uh, at Pink's, the hot dog stand? Yeah, right outside of Pink's. That's so fucked up. That is fucked up. Well, now Can that guy's in prison getting fucked up himself. Because mm. I heard you talk about this somewhere else, both about Chuck and Todd. How that you know, you guys usually have a crew and friends, and both yeah. of them were kind of alone w when they passed away. So you did hear that, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. That's why I say never leave yourself alone. Yeah. You know, there's the, the, the old so, there's moving. the old soccer thing. You never walk alone. So I don't. I like to leave my. I always like to have my friends with me. You know, and, and they they went on tour by themselves, without you know. You have people around you that you're yeah, you're working with them. You're working, you're working crew with them, but they're not your friends. Mm. You know, always keep your friends with you. Keep your friends close. They say keep your enemies closer, which is true too, but that's when you know your enemies. You keep your enemies close, closer, and treat them like a friend because one day they'll try to fuck you, and then you keep those friends close. But Chuck went out by himself with nobody around him and was with people that he thought were his friends. And I'm not going to say anybody's names because one guy's connected to other, uh, other bands like the Foo Fighters and stuff. I'm not going to say any names. Oh, wait, it did. <laughs> um, but anyway... Um, 
and, and Chuck got murdered right there in front of two other guys. So I, there's three of us now. Somebody pulls a knife out. All of a sudden, I'm like, yo, I'm in action. There's three of us, guy with a knife. Fucking table. Bang. You're fucked up. I'm going to fucking kill you. No, they ran away and left Chuck to get stabbed in his heart. So. And Todd? And Todd was there. He, Todd was struggling with drugs. Todd, Todd was struggling with heroin. And Todd has been struggling for a long time. But Todd also has to been the best boyfriend or husband to a lot of girls. So he's got his wife there. And I, some shit happened. And I, 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 the first thing I thought was he OD'd. But it turns That's out, what I heard. sadly enough, no, it's even more sad than that. Oh. Sadly enough, he, he, I guess he got, he, he was never a drinker. I'm the drinker. He was the junkie. So it would have been better off if he was doing heroin because he could handle it. He was drinking, fell, hit his head, went home, sat on a chair in his apartment, and died. Oh. There was no, there was no dr drugs or nothing. He fell, he got drunk, fell, and hit his head and died. So wow. it proved us all wrong. We all thought he was going to die a junkie, but he died. Well, like some brain hemorrhage or something. Hit like his that. head and hit his head, sat in a chair. Could and be died. a concussion. You pass out, yeah. and that's, that's it. That's what. That's exactly what happened. And, yeah. and you know, jokes on us. Jokes on us again. There you go. Yeah. You know, it, it, junk, junkies know how much dope they can do. Yeah. And he was, you know, he he played in the band for a hot minute, back again, and 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 he, he one one night I remember he, he was like <laughs> he was on stage like. Like I, I, you know, I'm the singer, so I'm a dick. So he's he's playing with my new band, you know, my band, and he's he's in the band. I come back to play with the band. And the band's all like spooked, and and the so like we do the song Panty Raid. It's like I don't want to do that. So I'm coming in the studio now, and the band's it's like I'm like, what the fuck is that? The band's like, it's Todd. You, it's Todd. I'm like. You're playing wrong. You're playing too slow. Mm. And we're playing. We played a show in Rhode Island. He was just nodding out on stage. I he was, was like, inventing stoner rock. No, he was inventing heroin. <laughs> he, no, he he was he was carrying on heroin rock. But he, you know, it was like he was traveling with bags of heroin on him, and he, he fessed to me. I was like, yo, you can't, can't, we can't do this. But when his daughter called me, his daughters are like my family. They all my family. They were like, he, he died. And I'm like, by the way, first thing that you think is uh, heroin. But it was even more sad than that, that he, he was so sad, his heart was broken, he, he drank, fell, hit his head, and refused treatment, went home and died in his chair. Yeah, he's come up a lot in the podcast. Recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was part of, a big part of my life. What about John Joseph? Do you, are you friends with him? Do you know him? Yeah, I'm friends with him. Nothing to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was on the podcast. But Same didn't era. both of uh, you it was Hurley in both bands and Crow Mags in your band, right? And he, you dropped his name early on. There's yeah, a lot I didn't, of history I didn't, I didn't there. I didn't drop it. Well, you I didn't drop. It. I didn't drop it to further my and my I was interview. Gonna say something because he, like, he, he, he uh, the time that he and I had together was more of an innocent time. Then when, once he got into the Crow Mag thing and th those guys, you know, nothing like a bunch of Harry Christians that hate each other. So so is that much for that religion? Mm. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got to say about that. All right. Moving on. <laughs> and, 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 and I'll, I'll just, I'll just read Peter Murphy's low lyric. Harry Christmas, stay away, because 18 bands are going to play. There you go. 18 bands? Yeah, that's a, a, a crucial barbecue. Right. Harry Christmas, stay away, because 18, you know, Harry Christmas get into fucking our, our music scene. Did you play CBGBs a lot? I saw, yeah, I saw that. 86 been yeah. there. Took pictures on the toilet. See, this is why I brought this guy. Yeah. Then we're going to we're gonna papaya place and get hot dogs. Make the call. Hello, geezer. Hello, But, Jimmy, you you mentioned the East Village. You would hang out there when you were 13? Well, even before, my grandmother, my father's side. Now, we talked about my mother's father. My father's father and my father's mother 
lived on, on Avenue D and 4th Street in the Lower East Side. Who the fuck would go to Avenue D? It was dangerous Me. as fuck. Well, the old saying was, once we yeah. used to hang out there, Adventurous. A, 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 you are right, B, you better turn back, C, you're crazy, and D, you're dead. <laughs> But when I was little, when I was a little boy, I when I was a little boy, I lived on. So I lived you went on, all the way to D. I lived on Avenue D at my grandmother's place. My my mother and my my father got too abusive for my mother. I got left at my grandmother's place on Avenue D. That's wild. But Avenue D then, if you guys can understand, I got Puerto, Puerto Ricans in my family still from from that time. But when I was a little boy, across from Avenue D, Fortune the Projects, there was a, old Jew, Jew, Jews ran the stores and stuff. It was it was not. What you think it is. Yeah. The buildings were abandoned. Buildings, I remember looking my grandma at the apartment on, on the sixth floor and watching the fire trucks put out the fires, all the empty buildings. But you, you'd wonder, and I, you, you and I, we could both wonder, and I could tell you other stories to get to this point, how these buildings laid abandoned for so long. Because there was a pre, pre-consciousness of, even when I was a child, that these buildings were being fucking held. And gentrification starts even before my birth. So these buildings were sitting laying for years and years and years. Just, just as the building on Rivington Street sat and lay. And you wonder why these buildings laying, laying, laying. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, bang. The people that own these buildings, and all, they, they knew what was going on. It mm. was a, 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 gentrification is, is a well-thought-out thing. Right. And in my childhood, I watched this occur. I watched these buildings burn. I watched them sit. I watched drugs take over. And then I watched these people come in and go, boom. And then... Brand new. Yeah. It was... It was dude. Because even Joe, like where... Niagara is, which was 7A. Mm-hmm. It was deserted buildings, well, and like cars yeah. on stilts. It was that's when, that's when I, I know. but I, that block, that eight, A7, A7, when seven. I worked, before it was A7, used to be a social club. My Uncle Mike, my, I'm part Polish, my Uncle Mike used to go there, and then Vazak, which is down the next block, which is still the, the Horseshoe Bar, Vazak's, there's a lot of names for it. It's, it's also in The Godfather, you know, when they were the, pulling the guy in the back. Mm. And the cop walks in. I don't remember the scene. Yeah, and there's also the scene in in uh, Crocodile Dundee when he, he grabs the tranny by the balls. Now that I remember. That's 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 <laughs> that bar. That bar. And which bar? Uh, it's called Vazax. It's called Seven B too. Oh, okay. Seven oh, B yeah. Vazax Horseshoe Bar. I know that. But, it's like a sports bar now. Well, because the daughter, the who owned, the father owned, it, fucked it up. Yeah. But that's the Crocodile Dundee fucking bar. Fifty TVs in it. Fucking, she fucked it up. But anyway, this this is a Apparently. this is a tattoo. Too many the, TVs. This is a tattoo of the <laughs> too many TVs. <laughs> too many TVs. She's got a TBI on me. Yeah. So this this is a hinge from that bar. Oh, okay. So I, I, when I was a little boy, I used to go there with my uncle Mike. When that was, there used to be a stair. There's a staircase there. It goes to nowhere. It used to be a Polish hall above. So and there used to be a wolf hybrid that used to sleep on the corner, and the Polacks that owned it, Vaz, the Vazak family owned the liquor store behind that place. So. I could tell you, so you what's a Polish everyone. hall like a dance hall. It's or? where Polacks hang out okay. in a big room. Just place where, for Polish where, people. That's where you put a lot of Polacks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what goes on there? Just debauchery. Just debauchery. Pero- pierogies and pierogies and. <laughs> what about Veselka? Oh, Veselka. Yeah. Isn't it the bro? What, uh, you have I, love it. I want some of that right now. I give you. I get in my. I guess in my pocket oh, right now. Man. Keep it warm. <laughs> <laughs> So growing up, then you knew the, everyone in the neighborhood, like everyone. everybody, everybody, in the everybody. Yeah. But even then, like when my grandfather died, they ran his funeral procession. I was in Florida with my family in Florida, and he died. And I'm like James, you could come back, or you could. You, we don't want to see your grandfather dead. So I stayed. My family was doing stuff in Florida. 
when I was a kid. Like what? Like whatever they were doing. And, and <laughs> well, killed, killed a couple of my cousins, but my family was Uh-oh. doing mafia shit. Okay. So I stayed in, Flo- I stayed in Florida. And, and they ran my grandfather's procession from 14th Street to Houston Street, down Avenue D, where Con Ed is, mm. yeah, where yeah. Con Ed is to, Fort, to Houston Street. And people lined up because he knew everybody on the block. Wow. But I was, when I was like, what, what, we'll get back to where we started. How, what did he do? He, well. Mafia shit? No, nah, he, he, <laughs> yeah. tr- he drove trucks. Drove trucks. For but, the mafia. But um, <laughs> who doesn't drive trucks for the mafia? Exactly. Still, still to this day. Oh, there's no the mafia. Cement yeah? trucks, you drive a truck, right. yeah. Yeah. No, there's no mafia. Okay. Anyway, um, how much were you tempted to go in that direction in your life, or is it well, still? Well, I saw a my temptation? I saw my cousin Timmy get my cousin Timmy got murdered in in, in Florida. I, I was too young at the time to get into it, uh-huh. and then by the time I was old enough, I was already in my own crew. The music, but in my own crew too, the, running security, drugs, security, drugs, drug security. Like you can't. Bring so you learned that from your family no, to, I to on build my own. it. I learned that on my own. But but by I didn't. I never built a crew that did like you know security. security <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on, man. Not everybody <laughs> learns that. Even if you learn it on your own, yeah. you, you learn by example. By example. Well, yeah. I didn't learn example by my father, but by the right. people around me. Right. And uh, but my grandfather's funeral procession ran down Avenue D, and people lined up for him. That's why. That's why any nobody could peg a New Yorker as a racist, right. especially where I grew up. In a, that's why I stay in Astoria because it's everybody, mm-hmm. everybody. I grew up with everybody. Right. I, I live next to the projects. My my family came from the projects in the Lower East Side, right. Queens, and everywhere. You know. It's, so when I sit on the stoop with him, we sit on the stoop with, and and ev- black everybody walks by. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? You don't, there's no fucking riots right. outside my fucking house. There's right. gunshots. There's all kinds of shit. But Those might be fireworks. Not as gunshots. No, I, I know, know what a gunshot sounds like. And and we need to stop looking at each other as black and white and Chinese. It's easy to say, oh, well, 200 years, 200 years ago, 200 years ago, there wasn't even a car. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Get 20 inch wheels on your fucking car. You know? What black- do you think about defund the police? <laughs> Yeah, all right, defund the police, but give me guns then. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't defund the police and take my rights to have my bare arms. I'm, I'm a bit, I'm an NRA life member, dude. Mm. I, I, if you're gonna defund the police, then let me get a con. Get me, let me. Do get you a have a gun in Is New York? A lot of guns. Right, I grew can, up in New York City, dude. I got can, guns. How can you get one? How do, how do all these motherfuckers shooting each other get guns? I don't know. I'm asking. Well, I'm, I'm asking for a friend. I'm asking for well, a friend. Well, with, this, with, with, this, with, with this microphone in front of me, I'm not going to tell you. Well, no, but right. in, in New York, it's still hard to get a license, right? Yeah, it's impossible. I, I heard it's you impossible. can't get one. But, but obviously, yeah. so these people are shooting babies are right, getting guns. Right, right. See, the thing is, is when, when the government takes the guns from you, the only people that get the guns are criminals. Right. So, I want to be the guy that walks up. I want a gun. Here's my license. Here's my... The people that are getting guns and all of these Democrat bullshit, whatever states they are, all the criminals are shooting each other. They, they're shooting each other and they're getting guns and shooting other people. But legal citizens that want to get yeah, a carry to protect themselves can't get them. Can't get yeah, so yeah. The, right, the right to bear arms, if you still don't see the government fit, never mind your neighborhood fit, Believe well, me, I, gun I, sales have gone like they're going through the roof. I mean, more well, people where, are buying you can, guns now than buy ever. Them. Yeah. What do you do here? What do you do here? I don't know. That's why I was asking. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of motivation for us to just go into total chaos from the higher. I'm, I've always been a, a, a fan. You know, I'm a punk rock. I'm a yeah. big fan of anarchy and chaos. Yeah, but not so, really. Because no, Chaz is anarchy and chaos. No, and you don't. Ch- like that. Chaz is a disco dance dance, dance guy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think's next? What's next is me getting more guns and moving to Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah? I can have guns. So how, Are you going to get out of the city? I'm going to always keep a place here. 
But are you gonna move to Pennsylvania and loaded up the truck and move to Beverly? Yeah. No, I'm looking at I'm looking at, yeah Pennsylvania because I can have guns, and and, I, and I'm allowed to protect myself. And a garden to grow food and stuff like that. No, you could do that for me. <laughs> <laughs> I have no experience, but I I'm interested. I in eat it fucking too. burritos. There's no burrito garden. Is there a burrito garden? I'm just saying. If That's like, a good name for know. a burrito store. Do you want to do that with me? Yeah. Burrito garden. Olive garden. No, fuck that. <laughs> Yo, I so Todd Ute story. Me and Todd Ute. Ate Olive Garden. One time, Rippy's like, Olive Garden. Don't let my mother hear this. Ate Olive Garden. Nah, but give me another drink. I'm getting better at this. Ate Olive Garden, and we played some, some uh, like a like a, 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 a arcade. Mm. And so I'm, play, I'm playing, and I, some, some Olive Garden threw up on stage. Todd, you see me throw up? He throws up. Then in front, all these other kids throw up. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't like, like the first. What like, movie is that? In? No, it wasn't. What, this is real. Stand, stand by me. Meatballs. Stand by me. Where he throws. Dude, up. I could tell you guys numerous stories of multiple people throwing. When I ate two scorpions on, I, I ate two scorpions at a bar. There's this tequila with scorp, not a worm, a scorpion. Yeah, yeah, I've seen. So that. there was two bottles. They had the two bottles. Of, Jimmy, you drink. You could drink free tequila if you the mezcal. If you eat the scorpions, the scorpions about this big black. And they're soaked in fucking tequila for uh, mezcal forever. I thought it was the worm. So, it's no, a scorpion. no, this is a scorpion, dude. Huh. I'll tell you the next one when I eat a snake. Uh. But so I eat the two score. I eat the two black scorpions. I eat the scorpions. Oh, I'm sorry, scorpions. And and I eat the scorpions. <laughs> and I go like this to the girl. The girl next to me with a pint of beer. I'm like, and the girl, she throws up on a pint glass. And then down the row of the bar, everyone, everyone starts throwing up. It was like. But in, I was in Okinawa. I played in Okinawa, Japan. And Okinawa, the booze fighters, there's a crew called the Booze Fighters, a motorcycle club. Mm-hmm. Like the first motorcycle club. So they picked us up, met us at the airport. The Booze Fighters. The Booze Fighters. You, you know um, the Wild One? The Wild One? Yeah, of course. That, that's Brando. Ba- that's based on the Booze Fighters. That the original, before Hells Angels or any, any other really? motorcycle club. The Booze Fighters is the original motorcycle club. In Japan? Well, they... They moved. It, 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 well, they moved. They moved. Oh, okay. <laughs> they moved. To Japan. They have motorcycles. No, well, it was a military thing. So these guys were Force One Recon, Force One Recon Ordnance Disposal. Force One Recon means first dudes that go take stuff that's gonna blow up to kill all the other dudes waiting behind them. So it's like a couple dudes that are badass. Make sure shit ain't gonna blow anybody up. So badass guys. So they take us, and there's a thing in Okinawa called habu, habu snake. A habu snake can get as big as my hand, like this big, or they could get this small. And they, they have a habusaki. Habusaki is a, it's got a poisonous viper in it. So here the Marines, they buy us 50 cases of beer. They escort me with the band, motorcycles out. And I'm like, these guys are all strapped. It's like, I'm like the Marines, I'm like the Marines, motorcycle crew around me. And it, the kid, one of the kids holds up the snake. He's like, Jimmy, bite the snake. They're like, bite the snake, bite the snake. I'm like, what am I, there's like 30 Marines telling me to bite a snake. I'm like, all right, they, I'm going to bite the snake. Not, you think, it, it, a worm, what's a worm? Worm, eh, worm, eh, worm, pussy worm. Mm-hmm. No, a snake's got a spine. I bit the snake, a spine. Oh, yeah, bones. But, yo, it was what, so it cut, cut your mouth? Nah, I just chewed it up and I'm, I'm gacked out, but, I, yeah, I did it. But, yo, the thing was. Was it living? Hit, no, it was no. dead. It was in a fucking. It was pickled in a bottle of oh, sake. Okay. <laughs> I have a, I have a bottle. I have a bottle at my house. I still have a bottle at my house. Oh, I have man. a bottle at my house with the snake in it. With the snake. Oh man. I'm just waiting for a special time to drink it, bro. Okay. So here's the here's the kicker. Now t- here's tour talk. So they're like, "Stay, we're gonna blow stuff up here." And now schmuck me, I'm like, "Oh, I have to go play Tokyo." 
<laughs> Which, you know, Tokyo, I want to go play Tokyo. Oh, I want to go play Tokyo. You can always play Tokyo. But when Force One Recon invites you to, the marine, ba- to m- the marine base to blow shit up, mm-hmm. you go. Right. Because there's always shows. Yeah. But when certain things are, are invited, I regret that to this day. But you can't cancel a show. I could have canceled Tokyo. I could have. I could come. Godzilla came back to Tokyo, didn't he? I could have canceled he, Tokyo. I could. That's the name of a book. Yeah, uh, I could, memoir. Yeah, let's do something. That's uh, a memoir. Uh, I could have. I could have canceled Tokyo. <laughs> that's a song yeah. too. You know, Godzilla never canceled Tokyo, but Jimmy can. I wish I did, because because you know how many times you get invited to play Tokyo. I I can play. I just came back when this set off. How active were you guys up until the pandemic? We just played during the pandemic in Japan. Really? I was doing cocaine in Hiroshima. Like during the pandemic in March, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're a health nut. <laughs> I did. I did. I just. This drank. is the nutritionist I brought. Oh my God. But I'll tell you what. Every morning I drink up. Every morning I drink up. Every morning I get up, I drink an organic green drink, and then uh-huh. during the afternoon I drink a red drink. Cleans you up. I yeah. Do I? You know you gotta you gotta ebb and the ebb and flow of the tide. Balance. If the tide didn't ebb and flow, right. the ocean would be fucking the sewer. Have you ever had a sobriety period? <laughs> Uh, apparently no, not. No, I'm not a girl. I don't have periods. N- not at all. I was telling. I'm not you, a girl. I don't have periods. I got it. I was, <laughs> I, I was telling Joe that during the Murphy's Law show, you had the Jaeger bottle oh, from we doing, beginning we, to end. We all had. It was like painful. there's a bum outside, but it was the coke dealer going to do us blow. We were all doing blow in there. That shit is painful. What is? Blow and Jaegermeister. Blager. No, yeah, I went to the. That's painful. I see Jaegermeister is good for my throat. Right. It's for singing. It's you sound like singing. my mom now, but right. no, but it's got Jagermeister. It's base with liquor. Liquor is base. Right. So no, it's I good got for your it. throat, but it just went to the next level for me. Don't don't put your lips what, on that. What about kava? This is mine. You ever Ka- had kava? Not a bad kava. Let's do some kava, bro. Okay, we're. Go- I'm going there after this. Are you really? Yeah, East Tenth. Really? Yeah, I go there. I heard it makes you mellow. It does. You're mellow. You're a mellow fellow. I had one right before I came here. <laughs> right next That's to like me. That's why I'm it's mellow. Down the block from seven A or A seven. Yeah. Kava. Kava, bro. And even the name. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Can you Let's talk do some kava. a little bit about seven A? Uh, not to. Just the night. What about seven A? It was legendary. I want to hear about the music. A seven was run by a guy named Dave. Dave. And when I was a little guy, when I was a little kid, I, I it was like, go, I'll go to A seven. And there was a guy, Victor, that worked the door. Like, like he's still on, he's online, like he's a Russian guy. And a guy, Leroy, black guy. And and I go, go in, you know, kids going in there. A7 didn't close. A7 never closed. And the bands were playing there. I saw SOA, Henry Rollins' band. So the Misfits play there. So everybody the plays. I saw the Circle Jerks play there. I saw everybody playing there. You know, I went it, on tour. It holds like 30 people. Yeah, but uh, what what was our scene then? What, what and I, I share with our scene. It's our because you guys obviously you have tattoos. You love you love music. I love music. You love the music. I love it, man. You love the cops. So the, the, the scene, the scene, <laughs> the yeah, but, heart of the scene you was like thirty but, kids, right? But, well, there was more. But you understand, it was also a seven was also reggae nights, funk nights, soul night, and I was a DJ. I was DJing everything. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, I'm in there DJing. Who were your favorites? Bad Brains? Did you like that? Well, them, the Bad or? Brains came from Washington, D.C. Everybody, everybody's sucking dick on the Bad Brains. They came from D.C. <laughs> yeah. not they New got, York they got, they got kicked out of Washington, D.C., uh-huh. and they went to a place called 171A. 171A is where... Uh, Je- uh, I know it. Yeah, Lola. Yeah, but that's where... 
Yeah. Now. Oh, Coney, Brown, Coney, Coney Island, Island Baby. Brownies. Yeah. But, Brown, but Brown, Brownies was run by that asshole guy. <laughs> but Brownie, I knew Brown, I knew the actual Brownie. Brownie, all right, this is a lot of, they were going in depth for a lot New of stuff. New York history. No, so, so Dave, Dave, who I worked for at A7, and this was before, like, Dave never pushed cocaine on me or any of the kids. They, I never knew Dave was a major coke dealer. So Dave, we, Dave would take me and Ray B's who worked at, at A7 and go to Brownie's. Brownie are the major coke dealer. So me and, Dave, me and Ray That's would go, interesting. me and Ray that. would go to Brownie's. Brownie, we would go in there. It was the only place that was air conditioned. So, cause we were living on Norfolk Street and literally in a closet. We, there was like shelves. We all slept in shelves mm. on Norfolk Street in the basement. Swear to God. So we're, we're there and come on. Huh? And, and, uh, and Nobby, make, make, the, make, make the call, Nobby. So anyway, so we're, so we're, we're, there, we're there with Brownie, and Brown, Brownie had that spot where that is, and that fucking yeah. guy that, yeah, I don't like that guy. So What guy? Were, the guy that ran Brownies uh. after that, called the Brownies, which he, he doesn't deserve to. Because we, we, me and Ray would be the only white kids in there, and be all these old, like, pimp, Drug dealing pimp pimp dudes and me and Ray be these two punk rock kids like it's like an opium den. No, it was just like no, it was like a pimp den. It was like all it was like older guys that ran all after hours clubs and uh -huh. drug spots. And that's where they hung the, out. That's where they hung. And so the fact that me and him wow. were in there and it was freezing cold, it was like I'm like, this guy I'm doing cocaine, I'm hanging out. So but the thing <laughs> is that Brent then in New York City there was a thing where you could get a building for a dollar. Mm -hmm. I heard that. But you needed to rebuild. You needed to rebuild the whole building. Brownie did it. Brownie, not that fucking guy. Yeah, the, the actual Brown, Brownie. Brownie, Brownie the did OG. it. The OG Brownie. Brownie did it and put it after I was club in his building. But now here's the crazy. Here's a great story. So, my Jew friend Steve Poss, who's dying of cancer right now from smoking too much, we would go there and Brownie's Brownie's actual spot. So he paid for the building. It had it all done, but he had his after he had his after hours club. And we get in there because, you know, I connected with the, that brought my whole life. You couldn't curse and you couldn't raise your voice, which is very difficult in that hours place. Save the Robots was a different, different deal. That's another story. So my, my Jew friend Pasta would go in there and be like, he'd get a bag off the bar and go, and be like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> out, out, they throw him out. But Brownie, once he had his own place, it was like, yeah, it wasn't. Save the Robots, another deal. Save they the threw him out because he cursed. Cursed and, and didn't like the blow that they gave him. Oh. Did he pay for it? Of course he did. You always uh, pay for it. Right. Even if you get it for free, you're paying for it, bro. Don't you find it painful, though, the come down? No. No? <laughs> like, the whole no. thing is all good. You got to get it good. If yeah. you get it good, there's no come down. What about you, Ahud? Do you ever try the, any No, actually, other than weed, I've never tried. I've never. Well, I can tell you stories, yo. Fucking free base. I know free basin days and, and, and bazooka days. But go back What's, to what are bazooka days? Bazooka is coca paste, uh, the paste of the cocaine before they make it into coke. Oh. And where I grew up in Queens, you uh, put it between your like cheek and no, gum. Kind no, of no, no, no. That that's 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 straight up the coca leaf. Mm. But coke uh, bazooka is the paste you put in a funta leaf. Mm. You roll roll a wula. Is that where the gum name comes from? And then what? You smoke it. What do you do with yeah, it? Yeah, you take the funta leaf, which is a banana leaf. You lay oh. the you lay the bazooka in it. You put tie stick in it. You put angel dust in it. You smoke it. Wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then you <laughs> fucking have a good time. <laughs> Where do you get that? Are you take asking notes, for a Bobby? friend. You, you get that notes. <laughs> you, get, you, you get that in 1989, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you need. A Let's go back in time. You need Michael J. Fox in a DeLorean. Well, well at the, at the. Well, <laughs> that's crazy. The, the, I saw footage from Ace from Murphy's yeah. Law playing there in '83 yeah. or something. It's just like yeah. Unbelievable! It's unbelievable. I'm still doing it. I'm, you know, people. You get these people that pop in now online and try to try to say hurtful stuff like, oh, "These fucking guys, middle age. What the fuck are they doing?" I'm like, and I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing? Sitting, questioning what I'm doing? Right. What are you? But what are you doing then? Mm -hmm. You know, there's all these people like, here's a fifty guy's going to be fifty five. He's playing this band still. And what are you doing? I'm already getting shows booked. Everyone's dying right now from coronavirus. I'm already booking shows. I just came back from Japan. What are you doing? Sitting in your in your parents' basement or your wife's basement? Yeah, there's always going to be haters, though. I mean, it's uh, like, listen, I, I think rock I love and, it. I people, love it. you know, people accept rock and roll as an older person's thing. Still, I mean, wow. in punk rock and all of it. Look at the Rolling Stones. I don't Bob at, Dylan. I don't just, look at that. Bob Dylan just put out a new record. Did you hear it? <laughs> not a fan. Like, no, not a fan. <laughs> I love finish it. Finish the bad brains. It's what it's like. <laughs> Jimmy, finish the bad brains. Oh, the bad brains. Well, <laughs> well, they came from DC. They went to 171A, 171A, which was Brownie's building. Yeah. And that's where they recorded the Roar cassette with Jerry Williams. Jerry Williams ran 171A, which was the spot to go to. So, my two favorite recordings is, is uh, Skinhead Anthems by The Last Resort, four track. And, and the Bad Brains work cassette, four track. I had, had the honor to be in the room when the Bad Brains finally listened to the end of the, the, the recording of, of the Bad Brains cassette on, on uh, Roar cassettes. Cassettes. Mm -hmm. That was like a big, oh, cassette. Now, now can, you, you can't even, if you've got a band, you want a cassette because the last, the last standard of analog is a cassette. If you had punk, now there's other punk bands like Hank Wood and Hammerheads, one of my favorite punk bands. Mm-hmm. Everyone's what are they called? Hank Wood and the Hammerheads. You Hank Wood and, and the Hammerheads. Hammerheads. Oh, yo, great band. Really? Great band. Why? Change, changed my game, dude. I, I've, I, it made me, made me feel like I was 14 when I saw them. How, how long ago did you see them? Like, like for a couple months, like months, months ago. Oh, like, so well, they're, they're new. Yeah, 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 they've been around, but yeah, there's... That's my phone ringing. Are they fans of yours? What are they called? Yeah, Hank Wood. Hank Wood and the Hammerheads. And Dude, the Hammerheads. Love them. Great, great I'm gonna check band. check them out. Killer band. Finger bang to go watching one night. Okay. <laughs> how to say it? How to say it? Well, that's how good they are. <laughs> they encourage that? Oh, uh, no. I, kind the, of stuff? Well, mu the... Good music encourages finger banging. Right. How do you keep inspiration alive? <laughs> Finger banging. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. In, inspiration. <laughs> life, Once you bring it up. Life inspiration. Like, this is inspiring to me right now. Having a good right. conversation with you guys. You yeah. guys aren't like, what the fuck is he saying? You, you guys are antagonizing me into making more fun conversation. <laughs> I'm not making That's the shit. idea. I'm not making it up. <laughs> Listen, That's the general. There's not a lot of people who can tell the stories you're telling huh. from back I'm trying, in, in I'm the trying day. To, I'm stumbling through stuff to try to make it where I can tell more stories to you. Right. Yeah. But, you know, my friend, a lot of my friends put out books. <laughs> and everyone's like, why don't you put a book out? I'm like, because right. I ain't fucking done. Right. You're, I'm not, I'm not looking to fucking milk my friends to tell a quick story. Yeah. When I'm fucking 90, I want to see how long I could do this. And I want to see, if, what if I put a book out? Oh, I put a book out at 50. 
Uh, and then this happened. Now, this is another chapter. You write book. another book. Nah, I'm not. I'm not a fucking pussy to write me- mega books. He said like he's bad with lyrics. No, this isn't lyrics. You get a ghostwriter. You get a ghostwriter, and then you know lyrics. I love ghostwriter. Yeah, you get a ghostwriter. Dude, I have ghostwriter number one comic book. Uh, me too, somewhere in storage. Johnny Blaze, dude. I used to love that shit. But now, do you know ghostwriter comic books used to be on a horse? And I'm collecting those now. Then to set the record straight, as far as the New York hardcore scene, who did you guys start that? Is is, is nobody? It, like- it just happened, dude. It was like Har- Harley. I don't want to give Harley credit because he's a dick, mm. but you know, it it, it was a, you know, it's like a, it was, it was just friends making friends and it just grew. Who but were the core bands? Agnostic Front, Murphy's Law, Crow Megs, you know, uh, sick of it all. Later on. They're but great. but really, Holly simulators. I want to give Holly credit because Holly's a dick now. Right, but he. Yeah, you know, it's it's like when you know your friend. You know, you, you have a friend, mm. and you're like. Yeah, like Ehud, probably. No, but when you when you, when you see your friend, when you see your friend lose themselves, and you're like, their their ego fucks up, and you know they're capable of stuff, and they've done so much stuff. It's like, man, there's Harley. What happened? His ego got crazy. He got fucking kooky, bro. But just he got. Too he, into he's himself. He's the creator. He's the creator. You know, there's no creator. Oh, the cr- so he tried to take about. possession of something. Well, he's also one of the guys that started the Harry Krishna thing and all. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm not here to talk shit. I'm here to talk. But yeah. the, and but the New York hardcore scene is technically still alive and well. Oh, well, very right. very well. It's yeah. better than so ever, especially in Europe. It now. survived. Yes, but well, more, well, do you, do, does anybody do you grunge anymore? Or what's well, up? You and Rabies worked at the Pyramid Club. Well, me and Rabies. You were about to tell a story well, about that. Well, me and Rabies, when we worked at A Seven, yeah. which is across the street from the Pyramid, we used to fight. We'd have to go get ice at the Pyramid Club. Oh, okay. And do you know also Continental? Yeah, the, the Continental one. used to be a drag queen bar. Even before the Pyramid Club, that was the, that was the first St. Mark's Continental. Yeah, yeah, that was the first drag queen. That was a real sketchy drag queen bar. That was a scary drag queen bar. Mm-hmm. But then it went to the Pyramid Club, and Brian Butter, Brian Butter, rest his soul, who was the doorman at 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 the Mud Club, and the doorman at at uh, at at um at Danceteria, Brian Butter, you know, he he got into into that spot, and then A Seven closed, and we had nowhere to go to do our job, which is bouncing. So we went across the street and we went up there. And what, what are we doing? We were, protect, we were protecting, we were protecting the drag queens. Who, at that time, on that bar was thirteen drag queens on the bar, protecting them from fucking homophobes. So and, would you fight a lot or what? Oh, every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. I fought every day back then. Like hardcore, like punches in the face. This, that. Yeah, the punches other. in the face, stitches in my head, stitches in my face. Right. But also carried eight ball in the sock. Eight ball in the sock was a big thing. <laughs> Two socks, eight ball. When eight ball, y'all whack somebody in the head with that. Wow. Forget it, dude. Really? Yeah, I just had somebody make me one on on. Wouldn't eBay. you kill somebody with that? No, like, nah, I haven't killed. Well, I, well I'm not gonna. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll delete that. Edit. How long did you do that though? How long were you a bouncer? Fucking fifteen till twenty eight or thirty. Wow. Fifteen to thirty. But when I got to thirty, that's when I was working for Ian Traeger and Steve Rebell, and I, then then I started working with these cops. That would my turn out to be my friends, and I that was my next failure at, at a career. I could I could have done that because I I want to get a bomb dog and do all that stuff, and I didn't do it because that that's when Times Square <laughs> Times Square I, I was working in Times Square, you know, in the middle of all that shit, and and the guy John John uh, Chuck Gallick Chuck Gallick was an ex cop. That that's how I wound up working with all these other cops. So you know you get all these fucking pussy kids that say ACAB and stuff because. Half of them probably have cop fathers. That's why they say that. But but then you start working with cops, 
you know. You were going to get a bomb dog? Well, that, and, I was, that's, that was my, my destination when I was doing, when I got in, further into the, doing the security. That, that's when. What's before, a bomb dog? It's like, a dog that sniffs out bombs. Bro. Okay. So then that gives you a, a leeway into being more like into the police force no, or something. No, Is that it, the it, idea? It was, it was at, at that time, this was before September 11th. Okay. I was working next to guys that had bombs sniffing dogs. I was, I was a, with a big time company then. Like, I see. My company grew that I was working with. When you walk around New York, do you like have so many like memories of each place and yeah, everything like that? Exactly. All everything, everything. Must shoot fond, out at fond, you. Fond and unfond, yeah. But, right. But just just in my neighborhood alone, um, I'm a part of the story historical society. So my neighborhood is very very great. Tony Bennett comes from my neighborhood. Uh, mm. Christopher Walken comes from my neighborhood. Right. His family used to make my birthday cakes. They'd Christopher Walken. Yeah, they'd walk in, Walken's Bakery. I'll show you pictures. But <laughs> do but, they all? Act like Chris, like strange. I don't, I don't know or, the rest of his family. Yeah. Nobby, make the call. Um, yeah, they don't all. You know, they don't all act like him. But I, I mean, but he, Tony Bennett, if anything, is very proud to be from Astoria because he had a record called Astoria. Mm -hmm. Showed a picture of him in front of his house when he was a kid, and now, and there's a school in my neighborhood, which unfortunately was didn't exist when I was a kid, called the Frank Sinatra School. Mm -hmm. They wanted to make it to Tony Bennett School. Frank Sinatra's a fucking punk from Jersey. Yeah, and Tony not. Bennett showed him the, the ultimate respect by saying, I don't want it to be called after me. It's spoken after me. You know, Tony Bennett was always a singer. Tony Bennett was a fucking singing waiter. Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett. Frank Sinatra was a fucking punk little asshole from Jersey <laughs> trying to be a gangster. Tony Bennett never tried to be a gangster. No, this is not, not me talking bitter shit. This is fact. Yeah, yeah. Tony Bennett was always and still is a singer. Classic. Tony Bennett turned Lady Gaga into wearing, into wearing fucking steaks on her yeah. body to like a lady, like a yeah. proper lady. Yeah. I think Lady Gaga's great also. Amazing. So, you know, where's fucking Frank Sinatra in the dirt, just like my father? Mm. You know, that, that's just, it just shows your karma. Fuck that fucking Jersey douchebag, fake gangster. Who's alive? Tony Bennett's still alive. Tony Bennett's still doing still stuff. Still singing. Still recording. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. Why don't you he, like Frank Sinatra at all? He's a fucking fake gangster, mm. dude. Mm. He's full of shit. What about the I like, small hours? That's I like. A good I liked one, him in, in with the man with the golden arm. He played a good <laughs> <Yeah>. junkie <laughs> in the man. Who, but Tony Bennett was never an actor. See, th that's yeah. the thing. Differentiate. Tony Bennett is has always been a singer. Uh -huh. He's never changed anything. And a painter. And well, now a painter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna paint the picture one day too. I paint. You do? Mm-hmm. Thank God. What's your medium? I use a uh, mixed medium, acrylic. acrylic. I got an art show coming up in the West Village. I'd love to see it. My friend John John I'm Jesse. I'm going to invite you. I want to be there. My yeah. friend John John Jesse, he's a punk rock guy, and he's a very famous uh, fancy painter now. Yeah. But he paints on wood. Thanks, Alan. Have you ever tried it? What? Painting. <laughs> no, no. No? I want to. You know, you you know should, what my thing? You know what I you wanted should. to do? You should. Johnny T. Johnny, you know Johnny T, then. Yeah. Johnny T was doing Johnny his art T. thing. I wanted to start Shout painting a bump. I wanted, Johnny T, the yeah. millions, the millions. <laughs> I wanted to paint on 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 mud flaps on trucks. Truck you mud flaps. You'd love it. It goes with music. I mean, I have a lot of friends that paint. You know, goes with of, punk rock. Friends great too. art. I have a lot of friends that great. Chris Garvey, you know, Chris Garvey, tattoo artist, great great painter. Did so you, you had a tattoo shop, right? I owned yeah. New York Hardcore Tattoos yeah, for many years. Yeah, and owned did, or it, still owned. I don't own it anymore. I, it's like a beauty parlor for ugly people. And do you tattoo or as well? Or no, no only, only if you want me to do a little thing. I'll do it. Right. <laughs> no, doing being a real tattoo artist is a very, 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 very heavy thing. Did you open it to get free tattoos? No, 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 no. We opened it to to uh, make it. Well, when I when I was there, it was a hangout. 
and 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 to employ our friends and and, and when I was there it was a hangout. Now it's not anymore. Now it's now it's like a tourist spot. New we York hardcore. In the back. Yeah, no, not my spot no more. Don't go. But I, I know <laughs> there's one on 10th Street called Clash City Tattoos. You know that one? That's one of our old employees. Uh, what you, ba- Bass. That's what do you think of that one? Bass is a great guy. Bass is a, from England. He's a good dude. You like that one? I love Bass. Bass is good people. Okay. I'll tell you if, if I don't like somebody, I'll tell you, man. I get that but, but, idea. But, ba- but Baz is a good. Like but, Baz, but Baz is a good dude. <laughs> I got the vibe. But Baz, but Baz, is, a, Baz is a good dude. The message came across. <laughs> no, but you know, I've been to Japan. I've Tabori style in my back. I hand poked my whole back for wow. fucking days. You know, I know, I know tattooing, bro. I have Gilmati on my knee. Uh, you know. Yeah, so you have a mom tattoo too. Yeah, no, that's from my that's, that's yeah. My other friend's mom did the mom tattoo. Really. <laughs> And your mom was sick. Is she doing better? Yeah, she's all right. She's driving me crazy. How so? She's she fucking. She survived it, but you know, she you know, she's fa- internal family shit. My brother's a dick. Oh yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's like you know, it's like not to not to quote the Shins, the Shins. You know, the band the Shins. Of course. Yeah. So you know that that song that they sing about um about the the uh, uh, the home. Mm-hmm. That you know that song. I don't. Not off the top of my head. I'm trying to name remember the song. That's what I'm going through now. It's like a place you call home. Mm-hmm. And weird enough, when my father's passing, I, I, I somehow this song from the Shins, <laughs> a guy that loves Black Flag and and all these other aggressive bands. This song from the Shins came through. It was like it was like it was prophetic. It was coming, coming, going to see my father. Yeah. And every, it seemed that every time I go to see my father, this song would come on. Wow. I don't wasn't listening to any Magic Station. I was listening <laughs> like LIR, some 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 college station, and and. Um, it's about a little little house that we own. So it, it it becomes a battle for my my family's house now with my brother and I. Oh, really? Also the same thing with Jack. Is Jack. it just the one brother or do you yeah, have other siblings? I have I have many brothers but one from And y'all don't get one along. One out the same vag. Older, younger? I'm the older brother. I get along with my brother. I tolerate. You got to tolerate. You got you got to. How much older are you? Uh, 6 years. It's quite significant. But in DMS I'm I'm a brother with a lot of brothers. Mhm. So but there's an acceptance and an understanding and meetings and you know yeah. <laughs> that's like the poobah. Boo, 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 boo. What's your brother do? He works for Char- he works for Charmer, which is uh, they deliver liquor. So, of course, that's an important job. So they, that never stopped. Right? Isn't that funny? No, it's not funny. It's sad. Well, yeah. It's that, sad that that's I how I meant it. It's sad yeah. that it's sad that a woman opens up her beauty parlor and gets arrested and put in jail. But people could throw rocks through the window of beauty parlors, and they don't get put in jail. Yeah, I, there's some fucked up yeah. shit going well, so on. Here, so here's the thing: I do think there's this great division in the country right now about people that trust the government versus people that do not. And and it's what's weird is it's like, I just wish the people that trusted the government didn't insult the people who do well, not, and vice versa. Because it's like I just think it's like, okay, you trust what the government's narrative is. And you people don't. Okay, you could break it down to like mask wearers versus non mask wearers. No, I, I love my, I love my country. I, I distrust my government. I lo- but I also do love guns. Right. I do love what America represents and what, can, what it can be. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I do love that, that if we had still had our guns, we could still be America. Well, you can have guns. I guess not in New no, York. No, you can't, can't have them in New York. Okay. I, I, have plenty, I, I believe we have plenty of guns. But right. I got to ask for a friend did, did, how you get one. <laughs> you just call a kid. When we stop call the podcast. Get one. We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk <laughs> edit point. Edit point. Edit point. We, we, we do have to kind of wrap up. <laughs> All right. Let's go. You oh, got to yeah. do another show. 
We can this keep going. Guy, this guy does. Yeah, this is part I one of like 17 <laughs> shows. No, I think we should have you after the 25th. To yeah, see have us again. Have see, see how, yeah. But so people can still watch Dude. your live stream from Murphy's Law. Of course. Well, thank on, you for that. Promote, Veeps, promote, promote. Veeps, and they could, it's on demand, and hopefully you'll do some more. Yeah, we're gonna. Do, we, I want to do the one where we do like the Johnny Carson show. After we did that, yeah. you, you had everything laid out great. But I want to do a thing where we have the couch, we dress in suits, and have the band, people calling. I, I want it more interactive where people people yeah. can't come to shows. So I want it where they go, hey, do this. And we're like, da 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 da. Have my funny friend. And yeah. quite, like even you, like question stuff, have a couch, do, do a TV show. Yeah. That's what we need. If I can bring kava, I'm cool. Oh, I want to do some kava. Uh, Let's do some kava. <laughs> you guys should hit the kava. I wanted lot. some coca Dude, kika. if he went to kava, he'd be like, this is not shit. <laughs> let's, <laughs> go, let's go, let's go, kava, let's go. Thank you, thank you guys so All much. All right, Thank you, brother. Jimmy. I love Thanks, you guys. Thank you, thank you. Much man. love, dude. Thank, thank you, you for thank doing you, it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Ehud. Thanks, everybody. Stay safe. Thank Stay you. safe is out it, there. Is it Ehud or dude? Ehud. 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 Thank God. Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated.